What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Other Wrestling Babes Podcast. I'm your host, David Rosenberg. I'm here with Dustin Whitehead. Dustin, what's up? How's it going? Pretty good, my man. It is November 23rd. It is 10.55 p.m., so something tells me that while we're recording this episode, it'll actually be November 24th by the end. But we did get to just finish watching NXT War Games, NXT TakeOver War Games. Um, It's been... Uh, something that's been going through wrestling fans' minds, I think, through the past couple of weeks. You know, how how are they going to play out War Games and Survivor Series and back-to-back nights? So uh, we got the first half of that answer, and I think a lot of people, most people, uh, were impressed with the wrestling that they saw tonight. So we're going to break down the War Games card, and then we'll give you a little bit of a preview for Survivor Series. Um, we'll give our predictions for that, I guess. So uh, you can compare after Survivor Series. So maybe this podcast stays a little bit more relevant Uh then another one. Uh, Dustin, what did you think of War Games tonight? I thought it was like every other takeover, you know? I mean, badass, good rest, good to great wrestling, nothing that should piss anybody off to a level of anger. I mean, great storytelling. Like, I thought it was really good. What about you? I had a good time. Uh, I know that I think you told me before we started recording that you had – a little bit of you know trouble paying attention or you know you had other things to do while the show was on uh the beginning of the show and i was that way for the end of it so unfortunately i didn't get to see uh i i won't say that i didn't get to see the balor and riddle match or the men's war game match but i got to see less of it than i would like Uh, my attention was not fully there so hopefully we can carry each other through those parts but from what i saw overall really good show uh nxt I think has a tradition of putting on great takeover shows. The takeover name means something. You'd be hard pressed to find a bad takeover show. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of one takeover that didn't beat the WWE Sunday night pay-per-view. Well, okay. I mean, that's, that's setting the bar a little low. Don't you think? I mean, there've been some pretty bad Sunday (laughs) WWE pay-per-views. I mean, they're not all bad. Of course. I'm just saying that I'm pretty sure every takeover that has aired on Saturday has been better than the Sunday show. 
and that includes WrestleManias and all the big four events. And it's tough to be Mania, Mania though. What's that? It's a uh, it's tough to be Mania though. You know, I mean, but for the most part, NXT does. Uh, yeah, I think take you know, it has been the gold standard of WWE, and a lot of people would say wrestling. You know, like you exclude yeah. things like New Japan or past ROH and things like that, but uh, NXT definitely one of the best over the past recent years. Uh, let's break down the card. All right, so the first thing we got to talk about is before the show actually started, there was a 30-minute pre-show. I always think that there's going to be an hour-long pre-show uh, like a lot of the you know regular WWE Sunday pay-per-views tend to do. Uh, I know that Survivor Series has a two-hour-long uh, pre-show, so uh, you know I, I was I, I was t- tuned in at 6, but we didn't get anything until uh, 6.30, and of course the main show started at uh, 7. Did you watch the pre-show? I did not. I skipped through to see parts of the match, and I know who won, and I see a couple moves and all that, and it looked like it was an okay match, but other than that, no, I didn't listen. Yeah, so like you said, Angel Garza beat uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott in a seven, eight-minute match. It was a pretty nothing yeah. match. I thought it uh, it was nice, you know. It wasn't bad by any means, but I thought this was clearly just a rehab match for Garza because he's kind of lost. Uh, I think he lost last week or maybe the week before. Did you see the post match, uh, like punch in the face from uh, Leo Rush, like backstage? I, I, I no, saw I him, didn't. Like, so was, it was like a social media thing. Yeah, like right when uh, Garza entered Gorilla, uh, Leo Rush just like stormed up, punched him in the face, and then. Referees were there, and like Steve Carino was like, "You're better than that," and he kind of just ran off. That's really weird. I mean, I guess that means that they're gonna keep going with the Leo Rush Angel Garza, even though Garza just uh, he had it. He had an opportunity, I think, a week ago, maybe two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, they can make it a feud. Maybe it'll be worth it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. You know, I think that uh, you know Scott Isaiah Scott is not a guy that I would pass up, uh, maybe in favor in favor of Angel Garza, but, you know, that is what they're choosing to do. So uh, the match was good. You know, the, the match they put together, it just felt a little choreographed, you know. I'm not one of the people who mm-hmm. plays into that. I don't like that, you know, I'm not Cornette. I don't like that outlaw mud show. You know, I don't trash that stuff. I think those flippy spots have their place, and I think really serious wrestling also has its place, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later tonight. But I thought that this just felt a little too... I don't want to say they look green because both have a good amount of experience, but something about it just was choreographed. Uh, things were moving. It uh, seems like at a deliberate well. pace. Yeah, no, I mean, opening a takeover. Just, you know, they've been wrestling in front of 400 people, you know, every week and not in front of big crowds. And I don't know if Swerve has ever done a uh, takeover pre-show match. And I don't know if Garza has ever really done any big shows. Maybe he has. I'm pretty, so. sure, I'm pretty sure Swerve has done not like a – Maybe a takeover pre-show match. You know how they used to film for the yeah. NXT. The That's what I was after. thinking. I think he did. I think he's done one. Yeah. But yeah, this would be one of the bigger crowds that he's ever worked in front of. Um, but exactly. both men were good. So if you have some time, definitely go back to the kickoff show for uh, NXT War Games and check out Angel Garza beating Isaiah Swerve Scott. And of course, we'll see what uh, comes of that moving forward with Leo Rush and Garza. Uh, but the big thing, uh, the big takeaway from the kickoff show was Mia Yim getting hurt. And um, I guess this makes sense now that we know that the first ever women's war game, war games match, it uh, it opened, you know, at takeover tonight. So I, I, this makes sense that they had to develop the angle in the half hour before the show started. Ooh, I'm uh, looking forward to that. 
Yeah, but the the idea was that you know Yim got hurt, um, and they had to make a choice. So Rhea Ripley chose Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai, you know, played it a little bit. She said, "I'm not ready. You know, I don't know about this or whatever." But clearly, she had some plan in her head. And we do we know who attacked Mia Yim? I mean, could it have been Dakota Kai? Has to have been. Like, it doesn't make sense otherwise. So. Yeah, Dakota Kai's a nice target on her back. Lots of people gunning for her, and I'm a big fan of Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. And I think this feud, with the storytelling that they're already starting to do, and just the potential going forward, they could have a legendary NXT feud. Like I truly believe they could. Yeah, let's not waste any time and get right into it. Uh, this is what you were talking about, Team Ripley which uh, was Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Dakota Kai beat Team Baszler in the first ever Women's War Games match. Uh, Team Baszler was Shayna Baszler, obviously, uh, UK, the NXT UK Women's Champion, Kaylee Ray, Bianca Belair, and Io Shirai. Now, the big thing came, and this is what Dustin was talking about just a second ago, came when Dakota Sorry. Kai uh, <laughs> came out third on, her, on the Babyface team. And very... Predictably to some, I think a lot of people were uh, surprised by it, or it was an early turn because Dakota Kai is a really good babyface. But she turned on her team and turned on her friend. Uh, she started thrashing Tegan Knox around the cage that they're put in. Uh, she targeted the knee, you know, surgically Tegan Knox has had. Knee. Yeah, the surgically repaired knee Knox has had issues with, obviously, uh, dating back to that May Young classic. Um, so, you know, Dakota Kai is a heel now, and I think you and I talked about this maybe two or three weeks ago, that it just felt like they were building up the turn, and it's been executed, and I think it's been executed pretty much to perfection. Uh, I know you have a lot to say on this, so, you know, get into it. Let's talk specifically about the turn before we talk about the rest of the match. Yeah, I mean, it was beautiful storytelling, because just how they did the, uh, uh, who who came out of the cage and who started the match? You know, he started with Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae. They got history, so that was cool. And then you come back and you uh, added in uh, Bianca Belair, and then you bring in Rhea Ripley. So they got history as well. So they're starting off with the beautiful story, and then you know, uh, Kaylee Ray, right, the UK champion, she comes out. So she's in there, you know, we got the heels, so they're just continuing the beautiful storytelling. But then, you know, the fiery baby face, like they think she's going, and then she just, boom, right on her best, turns right there, right on her best friend. It's what NXT does best, telling that story that makes you uh, suspend your disbelief. And I'm really looking forward to it, you know. Like, I think that this has... Bailey versus Sasha Banks potential for a women's feud for NXT. That's how much I believe in these two ladies. That's how much I just believe that they have the ability to maybe even main event a takeover someday. I don't know. Like, I have super high expectations. I believe in both of them and Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. And I believe that maybe they're the future of the women's division. But, you know, Rhea Ripley might have something to say about that as well. So you, 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 you know, you'd mentioned to me earlier that you think that this could be the second coming of DIY, the whole Johnny Gargano, uh, Tommaso Ciampa, yeah. babyface heel tag team, one turns on each other, epic saga, and then possible uh, reu, reu, reunite. I don't know how to say yeah. that, but you know what I'm talking reunion. about. Reunion. Reunion, yeah. that is the word. Um, but what makes you think, I, I'm not as high on this as you are, so like, talk to me a little bit more. 
tell me why you think that this has the potential. I mean, for me, they haven't built up the friendship enough. Team Kick, I mean, I get it. You know, they're, they're Team Kick, and they both have injuries, and they both battled through a lot. But, you know, they didn't they didn't battle to win the tag team championships or anything like DIY, uh, you know, losing and, the, the you know, the famous turn of Ciampa on uh, Gargano. I mean, I just, you know, that this wasn't that. And it, it was good. It was good and all. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I, I don't know if it's as epic. You mentioned the injuries, right? I think mm-hmm. the thing is, you mentioned the injuries. And I think that they're just like, fuck it, we got to capitalize now. Because you never know what's going to happen. Maybe they're injury prone, maybe they're not. They're both young, they both have potential. But if you cap, if you just start that process now, and maybe it's not like that, maybe it's more similar to the Bailey-Sasha story, and that's fine. But they've really done a good job getting the ball rolling, and I trust them and their booking crew enough to believe that they're going to, like, tell this story to perfection. Like, what's going to happen Wednesday? Tegan Oxen is going to try tagging her. She's going to get held back. Uh, Kyle run away. And they'll keep adding to the story. And it's not like Raw or SmackDown where you have a pay-per-view in a week and you have to have, or, you know, every three weeks you have a stupid pay-per-view. You know, this is long-term booking. The next takeover they announced tonight's in Portland, Oregon in February. So... We got plenty of time to build this story up. And I'm, I don't know. I just got a gut feeling. I feel like Triple H, when he talked about it in the post show with uh, Kathy Kelly, he had a look in his eye of like, yeah, you, you guys don't know what's coming. So maybe I'm being fooled. <laughs> no, Triple H is a really smart guy, and he's got a lot planned, uh, obviously. And I'm sure, you know, he, he, you know, he's got things up his sleeve that we'll never be able to predict. But, um, you know this this storyline. I think it'll be good, uh, but I'm more interested mm-hmm. in to see. Uh, you mentioned this earlier. What Rhea Ripley does. I think she's been pushed to the stars over the last yeah, week. Right. Exactly. She's been she's, she's been up there with Charlotte. Becky Lynch and Charlotte. Uh, she pinned Charlotte. You know, and she's had she's had herself they, quite they a week. Like she got a no contest. That's a, that's a win. Like for her, that's a win that they thought of her enough that they didn't have her take the the pin against Becky Lynch. You know, so, and she's only yeah. twenty three years old. I mean, she's oh she's our God. age. It's unbelievable. She's four. Exactly. She's four months younger than me. So, when's her birthday? <laughs> my, it's in June. Um, hers is in June. No, I'm two months no, older. Her, her birthday's in October. Oh, jeez, it makes me want to cry. Okay, yeah. October ninety six. So I I was like three or four yeah. months old when she was born, and I mean, I she is just uh, you know, she is. I, one of my favorite, you know, young wrestlers, and I think the Australian accent, or she, she's from Australia, right? Not New Zealand, yeah, Australia. Yeah. Um, but you know, just her accent makes her all the more mysterious or badass or whatever you want to call it. And she's got, you know, a lot of people. I don't want to say a lot of people because I don't see it that much. But I think you know, people have ragged on her. Uh, she's got yeah. more of a masculine physique, right? Like she's got a big back, you know, broad shoulders. Cool. Um, she kicked your ass, right? Yeah, dude. But that's that's my thing. Is <laughs> like, like I mean, you know, she just, she's definitely. I mean, I don't I don't know I don't know one person that's gonna say she's not attractive, and I don't know one person exactly. who's gonna say that she can't kick anyone's <laughs> ass. So I, exactly. you know, it's like it's it's like Vince McMahon stumbled on the perfect. Uh, woman for the promotion, you know, so it's okay. uh, and she's not like freakishly so, tall, so she won't get a crazy this topic push. About a little bit more, sorry, but to expand this topic a little bit more, do you think that she's gonna beat Shayna Baszler sooner than later? 
I've I've said from the minute she showed up on regu- on the WWE NXT, not NXT UK, that she should mm-hmm. be the one. I, I I think because you've built this thing with Shayna that is like who can beat Shayna, and it's got to be someone who's more badass than Shayna. It can't be yeah. Candice LeRae who overcomes her with her smiley attitude. You know what I mean? Like it's just like yeah. it's not the it's not you know Johnny Gargano will finally get his day. It's like. Who's going to be the Just, big bad meanie? It's like, well, yeah. the anti-hero. And that's exactly who Rhea Ripley is. And she's young. She's got tremendous upside. She can work like crazy. I mean, that submission spinning, that standing spinning submission that we've seen uh, week in and week out, I, you know, that, yeah. that's that been on display. Yeah. She's just a freak of nature. I mean, she, she's going yeah, to be big. The NXT Women's Division is, I don't know, it may sound crazy. I think it. Because, you know, we got New, Japan, New Japan's men's division, but I honestly think NXT's women's division is the best wrestling division in New the world Japan's right now. New Japan's men's division? New Japan doesn't have a women's division. I know. I'm talking about, like, their heavyweight single men's. Yeah, like, I, know, not, I know. Like, juniors. I meant just, like, heavyweight. Like, Okada and those guys. Like, yeah, I mean, individual, individual, like, you know, sections like that, um, you know, mm-hmm. Pound for pound, women's NXT stronger than, you know, oh right God. up there with the AEW tag division. Um, yeah, you know, but you know what I mean. It's uh, yeah, it's just it, thinking about the overall like booking of this though. I could see like it's so crazy because it, they have so many talented like ladies and everything, and it's just, do you have Rhea Ripley beat Baszler, but then do you have Dakota Kai, which you already have a story built in there, beat. Ripley, but then you get Tegan Knox, be her, but then you have Loshira. Like, there's like ten girls or ten ladies on the NXT roster that could be champion, and it's like, yeah, I'm happy with that. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's this was a great match. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about the match more. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you, do, do you? God, there's there's really. How do you recap a War Games match? I mean. It was pretty much everything. Like you said, Shirai and Lorray started things off. Uh, there seemed to be like a clock issue at the beginning. Uh, you yeah. know, like the fans counted down and then they were chanting something like fix the clock. They got things back on track, but that was a little weird and it threw off the beginning. I'm glad it happened at the beginning of the show, not the end, though. Um, yeah. What so I then, liked about the War Games matches is that they were different. Like the, the ladies, you know, they got the kendo sticks, the chairs, and all that stuff, and the guys only got the tables. So they instantly made them different when it came to weapons and utilization of the cage and everything. So that was one thing that kind of helped me forget that, you know, hey, I'm watching two of the same match. Rhea Ripley and Kaylee Ray both went for weapons right away, but the fans, yeah. the Chicago, it was in Chicago, right? The Chicago crowd was chanting for tables, as they always do. Uh, and they didn't get the tables. I think I think Kaylee Ray even kind of played into that, and she grabbed she did, the table, yeah. and then she threw it back under, and she got the heel heat. And I was like, that girl knows exactly what she's doing, because uh, that's mm-hmm. you know that's a two hundred IQ play. Uh, it's <laughs> it was you know it was really smart, and I just you know thought it was great. I thought it was you know Rhea Ripley and Kaylee Ray getting the weapons in. I mean, they just were the ones to bring the weapons in. It felt right, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, then then we had the Dakota Kai turn, so that's where I. What happened? I mean, obviously they didn't show the ring all that much during the Dakota Kai turn, but it felt like everyone was just watching because at the end they showed Rhea with her hands and her hair trying to pull out her hair, like what the fuck is going on? And it's like, 
Well, I mean, you know, don't watch out there. There are people trying to kill you inside these two rings, so... I thought that was a little yeah, funny. Yeah, the same thing kind of happened in the... After the not trying, well, it's kind of hard to talk about them without comparing, but the same thing kind of happened in the men's at the end when Adam Cole and uh, Champa were climbing up to the top. The guys were kind of just like... Oh, punching, we'll get to that point. Yeah, there was a clear... There was a clear, Rodgers, like, the cam- well, production was not the best tonight. Uh, but it's yeah. hard It's hard to produce camera shots uh, for like They had like a guy in the, in, the, in the war game, so <laughs> that had to be tough to keep him out of shots as well. But, so, yeah, William Regal. The women's war games match, like, I like how they told the story of, you know, the, the big bad heels are beating on, they have a, an advantage, obviously, it was... What three to? Was it three or four to four to two? Four to two. Four to two. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, you know, it's two on one, and you know, you got Candice LeRae, and you got Rhea Ripley, and they took care of business, and Ripley looked amazing. We keep bringing her up, but she's the star of the match for sure. And I was kind of shocked that Io Shirai didn't steal the spotlight, honestly. Yeah. So then William Regal came out uh, to get Dakota Kai as Dakota Kai was doing the turn. And he, he he does a lot with not a lot of time on screen, right? Like he hasn't been in a lot of the buildup. He's on NXT television very sparingly, but he had great facials. Uh, he just looked pissed off and disappointed in Dakota Kai. Like, what the hell are you doing? This was your chance. Uh, so hey, that's a 30 plus year vet for you. Right I'm there. a big fan of William Regal. Uh, but, you know, someone who's not a 30 year veteran in this business is Shayna Baszler. And when it was her turn to come out and her facials and her just, yeah, her swagger, everything. I mean, her her character, Shayna Baszler, you know, I didn't think she had it, but she has it. Oh, she does. It's the little things that she does that just really gets her over and keeps, it keeps you, it keeps you in that suspended disbelief deal. Yeah. She's like I said. She's improved so much over the past two years. Like those, uh, the takeover matches, weekly TV character. You know, she knows that she's a bad bitch, and <laughs> she will fuck someone up as well, just like Rhea Ripley. So that match, when that happens, is good because she Ripley did pin the champ tonight. And like you said about facial expressions, when she got pinned, she had the shock, the sadness. Like she can, she can do it all too. So Shayna Baszler, there was there was a point at not the long end. For NXT, in my opinion, there was What's a point that? at the end when she had the Kirafuta clutch on. Uh, yep. Rhea started ripping her arm out of position, and then Shayna kind of shirted it up and moved to the other arm. She was very confident that she had the submission on, and then Rhea started to rip the other hand out of position, and you could see in Shayna's face like, oh my god, like this is. This isn't supposed to happen. This has never happened before. Like and then the handcuffs. Yeah, and then the handcuffs spot. I mean, it was all just so clever. So, finish. yeah. Uh, like, and know. then you go back to SmackDown on Friday, and you have that like the Ripley uh, versus Charlotte versus Bailey that finish when Charlotte has her in the figure eight and she gets her. I think they call it the crucifix where she like rolled her up. That was a sick finish as well. So maybe this young lady has a. A little bit of a creative side when it comes to the finishes. Obviously, she's not booking it all, and you know, or whatever. But maybe she just tosses us some ideas because man, she's been doing some cool finishes. Well, you beat me to it, as you have pretty much every single part of this segment. Uh, but Rhea Ripley, oh, yep, did pin Shayna Baszler uh, with the handcuffs. She had the handcuffs put on her mm-hmm. earlier in the match. 
and then she managed to break out of the curfew to clutch. She got the second handcuff onto Baszler so that the two were locked together, and then she gave her, uh, I don't even know what the move is called, it was like a pump handle type deal into the chair um, yeah, for the pin. And it was a really good match, and I thought everything was great all around. It was just, it was great, you know? I, I, storytelling, finish the psychology of it all. Yeah, looking forward to seeing what they do next with all these ladies because NXT's loaded and they all deserve TV time. Absolutely. And so next we had Damian Priest and Killian Dane and Pete Dunne in a 20-minute match. Pete Dunne ended up beating Killian Dane and uh, Damian Priest. Uh, this was very impressive to me. I thought I thought that this was going to be a weak match going into the card. Um, and I think it ended up being possibly my favorite match of the night. Yeah, I mean, it was really good. I mean, Pete Dunne is no slouch, and people forget that Killian Dane's legit. I mean, he did the stuff with Sanity and all that, but before that he had a decent career, I think, overseas and all that so and then Damian Priest you know you can you can see the charisma and the athleticism that he possesses and he could be a big star too we'll see how they book him going forward because he's kind of in that spot where Keith Lee was before this most recent takeover run so I'm interested interested to see if he can get over the hump as well but it's still Pete Dunne at the top here, you know. I was, I, oh yeah, I, I was surprised. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wasn't surprised, you know. Pete Dunne, Adam Cole sounds like a good match to do at a Survivor Series. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, but I, I <laughs> thought, steal show. Who knows? I don't know. I, I thought that there was a chance Killian Dane. I, I didn't think because to me it says that Dunne's going to lose at Survivor Series, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. But mm-hmm. it just, you know, I thought maybe Dane would take the pin at Survivor Series or Priest or something, you know, have Dunn yeah. not involved to keep him strong. But, I, I mean, it's not like winning doesn't keep him strong. Uh, you know, I'll tell yeah, you it's interesting much. you say that because I didn't think Priest had, like, a chance, honestly. But no. the, the back of my mind of Killian Dane being on that Raw and SmackDown for over a year, you know, I was like, there is a chance that they go, you know, we're familiar with this guy. He, you know, we'll, we'll give him this opportunity to eat the pin, but they just went for the best possible match, so I'm okay with that too. Yeah, uh, you know this this one to me, and I got a little heat for it because I think I said this on Twitter, uh, but I said that I think this match eclipsed the first match for me, and a lot of people thought that first match was really good. But I'm not a gimmick guy. I don't uh, I don't really like matches that like. I don't think that a big chair spot or tables, and even if they're excessive, you know, I just don't think that that stuff equals a great wrestling match. I think it equals a fun wrestling match, but not a great wrestling match. Um, and I thought that this was exactly what I look for when I see when yeah. I when I talk about a great wrestling match. It's just uh, everything had psychology, right? Like it made sense why these three were in the ring, and it made sense that uh, you know they. At certain points, Damian Priest and Killian Dane would put aside their differences to go after the babyface Pete Dunne. And, uh, you know, Pete Dunne's kind of an, a tweener as well, but he was clearly the babyface in this one. And I just thought that it all made sense, you know. They uh, they sold the fingers, finger-breaking spot, Damian Priest did. So we'll see if he had a cast on his finger, because I know Killian Dane did for a couple of weeks. So that's, for continuity's sake, they should do that. But I just thought... The psychology of it all works. So, you know, that's a big thing for me, and I know it's a big thing for you. How did you like uh, how the story yeah, that they a, told? It's tough to have triple threat matches as well. Yeah. 
So <laughs> we'll be seeing a lot tomorrow. But anyways, I off like a dick. So <laughs> no, we'll we'll only see uh, we'll only see <laughs> multi man matches. I think there's like a few. Well, there's the three title matches that aren't multi man, and that's it. Yeah. Survivor Series, so that'll be exciting. But no, I just you know I, I don't have much more to say about this. It was just very uh, exciting. You know, I think uh, what was the finish right? Like Pete Dunne was on Killian Dane's back with a sleeper hold, and he you know he just did like a just ran and jumped on Damian Priest who was on the ground, and then Dunne rolled up Priest because even though he was on the back and he took some of the pain. I didn't take as much as Dane just landing straight on DePriest. So I, I thought it was all very clever. I thought it was a good 20-minute. They hit their times really well. You know, it didn't feel it, – it was the exact – for me, it was like the opposite kind of good match from the pre-show match, the Swerve and Garza match because it just – none of this felt like, oh, yeah, they worked that spot out ahead of time. It was like maybe they they're calling. As well. Yeah, it did. I mean – I just loved everything about this match. I mean, this to me yeah, was, was uh, the epitome of like a four-star match. And I think uh, it was my favorite one of the night. Like, it's the one that I would go back and tell everyone to watch. Maybe you don't feel that way, but I think a lot of people enjoyed this. And if they didn't, we do not enjoy wrestling the same way. Agree. <laughs> great, great. Good talk. Um, all right, let's talk about <laughs> Riddle and Balor. Uh, this is the dream match. You know, Finn Balor's return. Um I don't know when the last time we saw him on a takeover where he wasn't the demon, but... Uh... Yeah, I, I was curious about that. I mean, I was trying to think back, and I know he faced Samoa Joe like five times, but they, they, did, they did the title swaps, but every time Joe beat him, it was on like a house show, or it was on NXT TV, yeah. and Balor would be the demon at the takeover, so... I don't know if he's ever not been the demon on a takeover, honestly. Maybe his first one when he did the, like the fuck. This is like NXT takeover one or two. It might have been the fatal. Was he in the fatal four way? I don't know. I don't even Anyways, remember that far. The back, point to is, be honest. it's like <laughs> in the early days. <laughs> this is like when he first debuted with Kevin Owens and Hideo. So, yeah, yeah. I uh, you know Finn Balor. What is there to say about him? I mean, former Prince Devitt, Bullet Club, New like Japan stuff. Him Prince. Yeah, dude. I mean, they're going back to it, you know. And uh, he's he's they got should. that heel swagger that everyone kind of missed. Not that Babyface Finn isn't great, but I think that this character has revitalized him. He just seems to be a whole different guy. Um, he certainly isn't looked great in the ring. Some of the best babyfaces are just better heels. Yeah. Well, I mean, like yeah. NXT. Isn't it just funny? It's like Champa, you know, uh, like Gargano. I exactly. I prefer him as a baby, him as a baby face, but yeah, a lot of examples like Adam Cole, for example, could be a really good baby face, but he's like way better heel. <laughs> it's just well, it's easier to be a heel. I'll, I'll, you know, it's easier oh, to be course, but... to be a dick. Uh, I'll say to be a great heel, it is not easier. I would say that much. No. But uh, to be a to be your, you know, especially in WWE, I think to be a heel versus a babyface, you want to be the heel every time. Um, mm-hmm. So Riddle sure. and Balor, uh, this this for me was the one that I kind of got tuned out of. I didn't get to see a whole lot of this, but it looked very good from what I saw. But I'll let you talk about what happened in the ring. I will say, before you go ahead, uh, that I thought the crowd seemed to be a little bit dead. Um, 
they obviously pop for all the big spots and it's an NXT takeover crowd. So how dead can they be? But it felt like uh, the two matches before it just something had to suffer. And I felt like this was the match that kind of suffered, especially with uh, Riddle taking the pin. Balor beat him, uh, you know, clean, I guess. Yeah, it was it was good. I mean, it had a good pace to it and everything, but I, 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 don't, I didn't really feel like we seen anything special. It was like still a good match and everything, but I like Balor playing the heel. You know, it was interesting to see him face a guy like Matt Riddle. You know, because we don't really we didn't we haven't really got to see him face that type of wrestler really like that I can think of. Yeah. You know, and like at the near the end of the match. Uh, Riddle probably shouldn't have went for uh, Bro to Sleep, as Morrow called it, in Chicago. Yeah. You know, shit on for that, move. so that wasn't what, uh, very good. That, that I, You know, someone someone said to us, one of our followers on Twitter, I think, said that, uh, so, that the crowd booed that spot uh, yeah. profusely. And and I, see him. Yeah, I did Which not. Which you can hear over the Oh, could you hear it? I, I was not watching no, on the television. pumps. Well, I hate to say that <laughs> WWE invited that on themselves, but they kind of did. Yeah, after that, he went for it and he missed a floating bro. Moments later, Balor escaped from the bro mission and spiked Riddle with the 1916 DDT for the win. So, the 1916 like we, like we both said, DDT. it was. What? The 1916 DDT. I think I heard Morrow say something about the 1916 and. 2019, and I was like, "Shut the hell up, Morrow." Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Morrow had some moments tonight, man. He uh, he hit he hit the baby Yoda meme. He uh, what else did he do? He always seems to be it's Morrow to me seems like the kind of guy who is always on Twitter. You oh, know? uh, he has the bipolar rock and roller uh, doc on uh. Showtime, mm-hmm. and uh, I think uh, I used to see his Twitter. He has like over two hundred thousand tweets, and yeah, I mean he's pretty addicted to it, and I think he hates it pretty much. But yeah, he seems I to have a good time with really... it, man. He's he's always up to date on the uh, the top memes and jokes, and yeah, uh... I I try blocking him out. I'm not gonna lie, I'm scared of his job, but he's not my type. <laughs> I've tried listening to Nigel. Nigel normally gives the good info, I think so. Beth was all right. I mean, uh, B- I dude, Beth is trying impressed. to find her place, and it is a goddamn yeah, struggle. I like her, I but, uh, her. Yeah, but I don't know if this is the role for her. I think. Yeah, I so mean, she I might know, be better with a with producer, her. honestly. Yeah, she's she's got a lot. She just doesn't seem to have the flow of the announcer that at least the WWE announcer flow. She's you know I think a lot of yeah. a lot of people get stuck in that role and they're told like yeah it's pretty simple you just got to talk about a few things and pitch in when you feel like you can. But when the other two guys are in that WWE mindset and you know I can only imagine what it's like being next to like a Michael Cole or something like that. But I'm sure yeah. Moro and Nigel to their own degree. Speaking have their of own... Morrow, it was funny that you uh, mentioned Twitter because he brought up Goldberg for no freaking reason either. Did he? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. in the Riddle match? Because, I mean, Goldberg yeah. and Riddle will happen like, one day. He's like Twitter rival Goldberg, you know? Yeah, so, bro. Like... I mean, I think that's one of the things oh, that the, the, the boys are pushing that they want to happen one day. So I would not for one bit stop that if I were an announcer. I would I would hype it up. I would make the fans talk yeah. about talk about it so that 
We get to see it one day. Tell me you don't want to see that at WrestleMania. I don't want to see that at WrestleMania. I don't want to ever see Goldberg wrestle again. Dude, I want to see him get fucked up by Matt Riddle real quick. Obviously, he wouldn't win a shoe, but... Well, no, that's what I I mean. It would have to be Matt Riddle beating... It would have to be Riddle beating Goldberg. It it could not be any other way. I agree, but who knows? (laughs) Goldberg... Hey, I'm not doing the job for that piece of shit over there. You know, he, he started stuff with talk crap about my family and my name. Like, bro, Matt okay, Riddle's just high and doesn't even know he's bothering anyone. Just leave him <laughs> alone. He is. Did you see the the short video clip of it at the uh, was it SummerSlam? In the Goldberg, like I don't know. They did like a Goldberg yeah. doc, and I know they put that altercation in there. But I mean, it looked pretty yeah. stupid. I've heard the story a million yes. times, so that's uh, yeah. that's that's whatever. Um, all right, let's go to the last match of War Games because we're running a bit over time. Do, uh, Dominic Dijakovic, Keith Lee, Tommaso Ciampa, and the surprise person who turned out to be Kevin Owens defeated the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, and Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, so let's talk about Kevin Owens because that's probably the biggest thing coming out of this. Did you expect it to be Kevin Owens? I know a lot of people thought John Morrison was an option. I know a lot of people thought Johnny Gargano or maybe Velveteen Dream would be coming back faster from injury than a lot of us thought. Uh, did you expect KO? I expected him to be in the top five. I, I don't know. I kind of thought it would be someone returning or debuting, just how they hyped it. I may have been sitting on my couch and been like, Marty Skrull, Marty Skrull just praying, even though I knew it wasn't going to happen. Marty Skrull? Uh, he's not going to WWE. I knew it was going to happen. I think I was just like, fuck it. <laughs> like, what? I knew it was going to happen. He's already, like, they're already teasing him on AEW. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, I don't know. Just like, here's here's $2 million a year. I don't know. It was I just, guess, I was just dude. messing I mean, around. Yeah, WWE like, could just pay pay him, but I thought it was going to be like yeah. a John Morrison or something like that. You know, like, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I've seen that one too. I didn't like that. I didn't like it, but, but I, you know, I mean, if I'm here to, to book what WWE is going to do, I don't pick what I would like. No, no, of course, but I mean, Kevin Kevin Owens does make sense. I mean, he has the the indie fan, he has the WWE fan, and he has obviously the NXT fan. So he has he covered all the demographics. He got a huge pop, and he did he did Kevin Owens shit, which is awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I realistically, if you take Gargano and Dream out of the picture, right? Those are two people that were talked about a lot. If you yep. you know concede that they're injured and say that they can't be in an option when we're talking about this, KO seems like the best guy there because if you talk about a guy like John Morrison, are you sure that they're going to get the pop that KO does? KO's uh, got the character. Would not. Yeah, KO's got the character, dude. He's a uh, you know he 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 uh, you know he's anti-establishment. Uh, he's got a good history with those guys. You know, you, there's the you know the history. All the way back to like the PWG days in like 2013. God, it's been every a long time. guy in that match wrestles for Ring of Honor over the past five years. This is true. Back to the match. What do you think about uh, you know Kevin Owens? Big surprise. But what do you think about the entire match? You know how did it how did it play out? Did it play out the way? Did you think Undisputed Era was going to go home losing? Because I certainly did. No, but then again, like with the champ of side of it you know it does make sense for him to win and, and to pin the champion just like Rhea Ripley pinned Baszler so obviously we're getting our next feuds all set up and it does make sense for that to happen and Keith Lee looked good Dude, Keith I, Lee looked like I, an absolute monster tonight 
Give me like a freaking star. <laughs> it was awesome. And Dijakovic, first time I ever said his name right, he uh, kind of was just there for me, but he did some decent stuff yeah, early. Yeah, he, he, he doesn't impress me all that much. He's a big guy, but he uh, he seemed yeah. like the least important person in that match. Obviously, Undisputed Era feels like a, like a team, you know, so it's hard to say who really – it's personal preference there and who is the most important. I mean, a lot of people would argue Adam Cole, but I know a lot of people like – Roderick Strong or Red Dragon or whatever their name is, uh, Kyle Fish and O'Reilly. Oh, um, yeah, Fish and O'Reilly. They, uh, you know, I know a lot of people would choose them, but it's it's a good ensemble. You know, I think uh, you're right that Dijakovic he just doesn't uh, he doesn't fit. Uh, let's he, talk about the... he honestly doesn't have it. I don't think yeah. Yeah, like, it's hard you know, to define what it is, it? but he doesn't have it. Whatever Shayna Baszler yeah, has, of... he does not have it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and what about the spots at the end, the does. three spots where Di- Dijakovic and Owens put uh, one of the guys through a table and then Lee put another guy through a table. And then of course, uh, Cole and Ciampa went off the top of the cage through another table. Uh, I thought yeah. that, that was the moment that you were talking about a little earlier that just felt like time had froze and we casually watched all three of those happen in slow-mo. Um, I know suspense is supposed to kind of help suspend your disbelief, but it felt like there was a little too much waiting. Yeah, that was just scary, honestly. I mean, Champa having a surgically repaired neck and just falling, what, 20-plus feet in the air? Like yeah. It felt like it was going slow motion when it happened. It was, I don't know, freaked me out, but I'm glad everyone's okay, and it was, it was really good. Anything else you want to talk about on this War Games match? Trying to think about it. I mean, it was funny that Roddy called someone a nerd. It's like, or idiot, or <laughs> it was in the middle of it. Um, good spots. Yeah, nothing for me. I can't really think of anything. I mean, it was very different but similar to the first one and you talk about one you feel like you're talking about both so i enjoyed it <laughs> yeah war and games I matches are, they're kind of that what way because well, war games matches yeah. are kind of that way because you have to uh uh you know 20 minutes is kind of a given because of the time the match doesn't technically start until everyone gets in there so nothing can really happen until you have all the people enter and then once you have them enter you know you assume you need to do at least 10 minutes of some damage or something. So you end up 20 to 30 minutes uh, minimum. This one was like 28 minutes. or th- No, the first one was 28 minutes. This one, I think, was a little over 30. Um, but both, you know, it's what can you say? They get violent. Uh, if nothing else, they tell a bunch of stories if done correctly because there's eight guys in the ring. You know, eight guys who all have something to do with each other in theory. Um, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what NXT put together tonight. Now, let's talk about Survivor Series. We'll run down the card. Uh, but just initial thoughts, do you think, uh, you know, let's give NXT War Games a grade. We'll say out of 10. We won't do stars this time, but, you know, uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Um, wh- what do you think this gets? 8, 8.5, somewhere in there. I'm at a 7. I, I like this. Okay. It wasn't uh, the, one of the best things I've ever seen. It wasn't the best uh, NXT pay-per-view I've ever seen. I was disappointed by the last two matches. 
Uh, not a lot, definitely not a lot, just slightly. Uh, I think I put my expectations up a little too high, and I should know not to do that uh, because when you watch enough wrestling, you should just know that <laughs> your expectations are always going to be higher than uh, what actually happens. But this was this was awesome. It was a great it was a great show. I think everyone should check it out. Um, now, what do you think Survivor Series is going to end up being? Like a two, three out of five. I mean, out of ten, it has the potential to be really good. <laughs> well, it has potential, but, it but do you trust them with two two fifteen person matches with fourteen whatever it is fourteen falls each? Yeah, those will just be clusterfucks. I'm more uh, excited for the triple threats and the three title matches, but they probably won't. They never do live up to an NXT Saturday Night Takeover show, so. I'd probably be pretty shocked if they did, but man, it'd be cool if they somehow pulled it off. <laughs> so let's run down the card. We'll go. We'll start at the top. Uh, you know, a lot of people have the WWE Championship and Universal Champion at the top, so we'll we'll start with that. Brock Lesnar and Rey Mysterio. It's a no holds barred match, no disqualification. Uh, this thing between Mysterio and Lesnar has been boiling up for a while with the attacks on Dominic. Of course, we had the Kane Velasquez uh, deal. Now we have them finally meeting. Uh, they can do whatever they want to each other. Brock's got to win this, right? But Ray gets some offense in. Yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. I wouldn't mind if they found a story for Ray to win and drops the belt to uh, crap. Who else has he been working with? I, the name slipped in my mind. But yeah, that's probably not happening. So Lesnar moves on and we get a 2003 rematch in 2019 and maybe it'll be just as good if Brock has his working shoes on. Yeah. I think this has nostalgia value for sure. And I think that, uh, a lot of people are just going to tune in to see this match. And when Brock thinks a lot of people are watching, he tends to turn it up a notch, especially if he respects the guy. And I don't know how you could not respect Ray Mysterio, even if you are Brock Lesnar. So, uh, mm -hmm. This, to me, seems like it could be a sleeper for a really good match, despite it being at the top of the card and being a WWE Championship match. Knowing WWE, they'll probably do something to piss us off, but if you're going to get upset because Rey Mysterio loses, well, you're just not watching the right show. That's how this works. Uh, so both of us lean Lesnar in that one. What about the Universal Championship? The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, uh, he's going to defend his championship against Daniel Bryan. This has been an interesting build. Uh, this is more of a lock. <laughs> Yeah? Yeah, the Fiend's more of a lock than Brock Lesnar. There's a story where they can play, like, the sympathy, like, oh, one last run, Ray, and maybe he drops it the next night even. But the Fiend isn't losing that belt until at least WrestleMania, probably maybe longer. Who knows? When you say things like that, you know. I just don't think it's happening. I mean, maybe I, I don't think Daniel Bryan is going to win. I don't think Daniel Bryan's going to win tomorrow night. But do I think that he has to hold it through – uh, WrestleMania? No. Because in wrestling, one of the best things that you can do is the opposite of what everyone thinks you're going to do. And it would not be bad booking in but this case. But not No. No, 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 no. If you're going to go, if you're going to put him in the main event, in the title matches early, then you can take it off of him early. Because it's never truly off of him. It's going to be bouncing yeah. back and forth. It's going to have people. You want title matches on your television and if you have someone take it from him and he freaks out and he goes crazy and you have a title match on you know smackdown friday night smackdown ratings will go through the roof um relatively it's mm -hmm. wwe but i don't think it's too early to take it off of him i think uh 
you know, you want to turn Daniel Bryan super heel. I think Daniel Bryan will actually kind of turn super face in this one because uh, they need to establish Bray Wyatt as a heel. But I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility that they end up taking the belt off the Fiend somewhere at like Royal Rumble or I just don't think he needs to hold it until WrestleMania. Now, uh, if he does, it's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, he's he's good. You know, he's got a lot. He, he's a good guy to have on TV every week, with, and he doesn't have to work. At Royal Rumble, hypothetically, then, who would you have to take it off or take it off him then? Well, I mean, we have a couple of months to build towards that, and it's uh, you know, it's complicated. Do, does he win? The, does this person win the Rumble and challenge, and, and challenge for it? You know, that night or something. I guess it's supposed to be for at WrestleMania, but who knows? Um, so there's just interesting. A, yeah, like, we got a lot of options. Yeah, I mean, there's a million things that they've done with these belts, and you know, the belts don't really mean anything. And I know the fiend is hot right now, but I don't think that. Uh, you know, I, I think he can lose, uh, and it and it can be made into good television. Now, again, the question: yeah. Do I trust WWE to make that call and do it correctly? Not exactly. So I think that the Fiend will win this. Like you said, it's pretty much a lock. But I don't think that uh, the Fiend holding the title until WrestleMania is certainly a lock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So then we have I the can't. okay. This is one of the triple threats that you were talking about for a little bit uh, before the women's champions. Becky Lynch, Raw Women's Champion, Bailey, SmackDown Women's Champion, and Shayna Baz- Shayna Baszler, the NXT Women's Champion. Who do you got in this? So NXT's had a lot Bailey. of positives for the past week. Is this where they start to lose? I think it's Bailey's match to win. I think they're gonna. Because the original story was kind of her and Baszler, and Becky just kind of got tossed in. So I think they're gonna wrap it back around, and I think Bailey's gonna. I don't know. Hooker by Crook, maybe this will be the match that ends up some sort of roll up. But I feel like uh, I picks Bailey. I I like the Bailey idea. Somehow I see this in like a no contest. I know a lot of people have uh, talked about Ronda Rousey coming. Technically, setting up triple the... threats are uh, no DQ, right? That's true. That is that is true. But um, interesting. I mean, well, so is Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell, so. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, there are no rules, you know what I mean? Uh, a no contest is not technically a DQ. Uh, so, mm-hmm. who really knows what they'll do. But I, the Ronda return could come. Uh, it definitely could. This would be a great time for them to do it. I think a lot of people want to see Ronda back. I think a lot of people don't want to see her back, but who cares about them? Uh, where, do you, where do you lean on that? I, I'm a big fan of Ronda Rousey, dude. I, I was there for her first ever WWE match, her tag with mm. Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. Um, I was there for her second one at uh, Money in the Bank. So, yeah, she's just – and she's every time she's worked, she's impressed me. I thought she's been really, really good. Uh, so I, I think that she – you know, I think her – in her coming back does a lot for ratings. It does a lot for the business. And she's not like a bad thing for the business, which which is – No, she's not bad. You know, when, when guys come like, in and don't know what they're doing and they get pushed to the moon, I get upset. But when people come in and they get pushed to the moon and they pick it up faster than they should, not as mad. Crazy how that works. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like I get everything you said and I just – Still don't really care for her. That's okay. You're the really same good. guy who doesn't understand why Cody is over. So, uh, so, so no, no, no. you think this is Damn. a Bailey? You think this is a Bailey match? I do. How do you feel? 
Oh, wait, you just said that you think it's going to be a no contest. You got to pick somebody. Though, I think it could be the one to go to go no contest. But I, if I have to pick, if you put a gun to my head, I don't like that expression. But if you put a gun to my head, I'm going to pick uh, Becky Lynch. I think that she's just the man, and that they're not going to they're not going to drop what they've done with her because you know they've put her over to the moon. Uh, she's she's not the one to to lose. I can see her being the one that takes the pin if Baszler wins. Honestly. Hey. Hey, I'm okay with all three of them winning. That's the beauty of this. That's yeah, why this seems, nice like a, this seems like a, a foolproof card. But we know that's not true mm-hmm. because, well, WWE knows how to mess a good thing up. Speaking of messing a good thing up, what do you think about AJ Styles, U.S. champion, versus Shinsuke Nakamura, the Intercontinental champion, versus Roderick Strong, the American Intercontinental champion? Championship belt. Oh, the, yeah. We can talk about the new belt as well. Yeah. Um... Hmm. I already picked a SmackDown. This might be AJ. Honestly, might be the one Raw wins. But screw it. I'll go with Roderick Strong. I think he's gonna maybe a pin Nakamura. Roderick Strong. Yeah, it's probably gonna be AJ. But I'll I'll put my name on Roderick. This could be one that Roddy wins, but I'm actually gonna go Shinsuke just because I feel like really? he could use the dub. Yeah, he could use a dub. You know. Yeah. But- When's that ever mattered? Well, I, you know, like I said, you know, this, I, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna book it like I think that they, they think that it's normal, but we know that that won't be the case, and that's the, that's All the right. beauty of doing these shows, so people can listen to them and they can go, wow, yeah. that would have made a lot of sense what David just said. Uh, okay, I changed my mind. AJ is winning. <laughs> okay. All right. So you got AJ yeah, and I got happened. Shinsuke. Uh, because... Yeah, All right. Men's tag. Uh, yeah, the men tag teams, uh, Viking Raiders, the Raw champions, New Day SmackDown champions, and the Undisputed Era NXT champions. Yeah, so now I got my Raw pick of AJ, my SmackDown pick of Bailey, and I think this will be my NXT pick oh. of the Undisputed Era. You're trying to make it even. Pick. You're trying to book evenly. Well, that's what they're going to do. You think they're going to get 33-33-33 booking, I guess it would be called? <laughs> Yeah, going into the five, five, five men, or oh wait, there's the women's one too. But it's gonna get there somehow. One of them, you're, you're right. One of them might be a no contest. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, I don't I don't know if they're gonna put so much emphasis on who wins the night because last year SmackDown got completely swept except for the one pre-show match that they won, and mm-hmm. that you know the fallout for that was absolutely nothing. So. Uh, if you're going undisputed era in this one, it could be maybe. I feel like it's either going to be. I'm going to go Raiders. Viking Raiders just because I don't think the the New Day needs needs the win just because they're yeah. freshly minted champions and you know they have all this history. Undisputed era seems like a good one, but after losing at War Games, I just think it's really easy to say, oh well, they lost because they got the shit beaten out of them the night before, which is true. You know, I mean, it's true. Uh, yeah. So if they did like an injury deal, I would be okay with that. But I think that's a really interesting one, and that's another one that has potential to steal the night. Uh, there's plenty of matches on this card that I think uh, oh, could yeah. really just be phenomenal. So like we'll see how it yeah. plays out. Uh, then we have the men's Survivor Elimination match. Okay, so we have Team Raw, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, and Ricochet versus Team SmackDown, which is Roman Reigns, King Corbin, Ali, or is it Mustafa Ali now? Shorty G and Braun Strowman versus Team NXT. Do we have a Team NXT yet? 
It will be announced tomorrow by Shawn Michaels on the kickoff show, and Ch- Champa will be in it because he's the captain. Ah, so, so we have to watch we'll the kickoff. Keith show. Lee will get Dijakovic. Maybe Kevin Owens switches to NXT. Who knows? From Raw, that would be interesting. And, and one other dude. So I think this is SmackDown's easy. But what do I know? <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. I mean, Roman Reigns, King Corbin. Ali, Shorty G, Braun Strowman. That seems pretty strong, but it's hard to bet against. Well, Kevin Owens is on the Raw team, so you have a little bit of that. I think the final three will be Champa, Orton, and uh, Reigns. So we'll see what happens from there. Champa, Orton, and Reigns. Interesting. Well, I really don't know. I, I want to say, uh, you know, Team SmackDown on this does make sense. I think Roman Reigns, it's it's never a bad idea to pick him in a big four, uh, you know. Match, yeah. so we'll both go Team SmackDown on that one. But um, you know, lots of star power. It's hard with fifteen people. It's just, it's gonna be interesting to see how they book that because I just like I said, you know, it's a minimum of ten falls, maximum fourteen. How are you gonna make all that work? How many like DQs do you see in these men and women's fifty-five thousand wrestler matches? <laughs> well, that's the thing, isn't it? Being worked as a triple threat. Huh. Interesting. I didn't think about it like that. <laughs> wow. It's I don't, I don't know I don't know if they can afford doing that. They booked themselves into all sorts of corners. I mean I I, I do not know. So this'll play out the way it plays out. Um I would I would like for them to get this in the women's fifteen person match out of the way because I feel like the other six matches could be pretty good. They will almost definitely bookend the show unless they put the championship matches at the top. Which is just typical WWE. Leave people pissed off. WWE does put the Survivor Series matches at the end of Survivor Series usually. Yeah, but only do if it if it should be because this is just going to be a clusterfuck. Maybe I'm wrong because there could be some cool stuff like Mustafa Ali. Maybe they have like some really creative finishes. But man, this match could take both of these matches could take a combined hour hour and a half. These are going to be long matches. These are. Uh... These are the ones that I'll be willing to skip through, I think. Uh, how about the women's match? The women's Survivor Series elim- elimination match. Team Raw, Charlotte Flair and Natalia, the Kabuki Warriors, and Sarah Logan. <laughs> Sarah Logan's there just to take a fall quickly. <laughs> Team SmackDown, Sasha Banks, Carmella, Dana Brooke, also there to just take a fall quickly. Lacey Evans exactly. and Nikki Cross. And then Team NXT, which is Rhea Ripley, and I know you know the rest. Rhea, Rhea, Rhea Ripley... Io Shirai, Tony Storm, uh, Candice LeRae, and Bianca Belair. So Io Shirai oh. and Bianca Belair are replacing Team Kick, Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. Uh, it wasn't really set before, but... But theoretically, theoretically, that's what people yeah. are, uh, are are piecing together, yeah. which makes sense, right? So they, that that should did a lead promo. to their downfall. Yeah, they did a promo and... She said that Bel Air and uh, Yo earned her basically earned her respect, so she picked them. And then she picked uh, at the same time. She also picked uh, shit. Anyway, she picked Tony Storm separate, saying I've known her since she was sixteen. And then the other two, she picked in a group as well: Candice and uh, who's the fifth one? Man. Anyway, so many names, but yes. 
<laughs> Triple H was smiling ear to ear in the background. So hopefully it's a good good match because I'm not feeling it. Yeah, uh, I don't think the NXT team will win. I think they have a lot nope. uh, on their hands. I think it's dangerous when you have people like uh, Sarah Logan who has had a couple spots where people have ended up injured. You have Lacey Evans who is still working some things out. And you have Dana Brooke who tries her best, but she's not always the best in the ring. Of course, you're going to have star-studded matchups. At some point, you're going to have Charlotte, Sasha, and someone else in there. You know what I mean? But you're going to have horsewomen matches, matchups. You'll have hot tags from Natty to Charlotte uh, who are friends again, right? You know, you're going to have probably Corey Graves screaming about yeah. Carmella. Um, I'm surprised, you know, no Mandy Rose or anything like that. I thought she'd get a bigger push down the line. Push but, something, uh, it? Yeah, I, you know, this does not on paper look like the best match on the card, uh, but there are a lot of great workers in it. So we'll just have to see, especially with the NXT girls. Um, I think that helps elevate it. We'll just have to see how that works out, but give me a pick just in case. Okay. I think the finals is going to be, Charlotte and someone else from Team Raw, and they'll be like Charlotte getting her pin, her win back from Ripley. But Ripley will be like, "Oh wow, she went to made it all the way to the end." So I think Charlotte wins for Team Raw. Hmm. Yeah, I like Charlotte with the pin. Uh, Charlotte just seems like I'm gonna say they either keep Charlotte or Sasha strong, and I feel like Charlotte is I think the one gonna, that they actually, choose that's ten what, times that, out of ten. There's gonna be two left. I'm gonna go with uh, is it Natalia on Team Raw or no? Yeah, so it'll be Charlotte and Natalia is like the sole survivors for Raw. Okay, all right. Yeah, I kind of like that. Uh, see where they go down the line. I mean, I'll go with Team Raw just because Charlotte's on there, and I really and the Kabuki Warriors. I think it's hard for them to lose. Uh, so, but yeah. I don't have a lot of hope for this match. You are, you are right that this is not, not the best. Um, and then we have the one I forgot to mention, the NXT Championship. We found out tonight that Adam Cole will be facing the winner of that three-way, Pete Dunne. Uh, Adam Cole is going to retain here, you think, right? Yeah, I mean, it kind of reminds me of. Uh... Or does he lose it and show up on uh, Raw or SmackDown the next night? They mentioned it today tonight on the show, but you remember two years ago in Chicago when. NXT UK was still fresh, like still new. Not many people knew about it, but then they put the UK guys on the Takeover show. Yeah, and Pete Dunne beat Tyler Bate. Yeah, it could be one of those situations where maybe they put him on like the big show, Survivor Series, and Pete Dunne does the same thing. But I'm not feeling it because Cole has too many rivalries for baby faces. So Adam Cole retains. Maybe this is the one that has a shitty finish. Unfortunately, maybe like Undisputed Era. I think down. I think Adam Cole just retains in a normal match with nothing happening. I'll be happy I with think that. they'll kind of use it as a cooldown match because if nothing else, Adam Cole has gotten a lot of uh, a lot of work in over the past couple of weeks. He's probably a tired guy. <laughs> He's legit hurt. You know, his his hand is not is taking longer to heal than it should because he's working so much. So. Uh, yeah. Ladder yeah. matches, war yeah. games it's, matches. It's not, they're not giving. They're, it's not easy. They're not making it easy on him by any means. It's not it's, easy to be the man of NXT. It is not. <laughs> no. So we'll both lean uh, Adam Cole on this one. And actually, a quick note for those of you listening who usually follow us on Twitter at MSC Pro Wrestling uh, for our live tweets. We live tweet most episodes of Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, all the big ones, and of course the big events we like to talk about and engage with you guys. We run polls on there as well, so make sure you're following. Uh, but I, David, 
who's speaking right now and does most of the tweeting on that account, won't be watching Survivor Series live tomorrow night. Uh, it would actually be tonight if you're listening to this on Sunday morning when we post it. Um, but I have something that I need to attend, so I will be watching Survivor Series on delay. I will try to block out all of Twitter and all of the social media things so that I don't get it spoiled and I can watch it with some buddies uh, Sunday night. But Dustin and I are planning on recording Monday night post-Raw to kind of run down what happens on Raw and when, what happened on the Survivor Series card. So just a quick schedule update for you there. Um, I think that's all we have time to talk about today. It's been a long hour. Um, we run down a big event and we've previewed another. Dustin, before we go, do you want to let the people know where they can find you? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try uh, live tweeting Survivor Series if I can, but uh, you can follow me on Twitter at dwhitehead96 and make sure, like, you, like David was saying, to follow that MST Pro Wrestling account. Yeah, absolutely. At MSC Pro Wrestling on Twitter is the place to go for all of your wrestling news. We try to stay as unbiased as possible. I know on this episode you probably heard me say a couple of things that seem like digs at WWE. Truth is, I love WWE. They're the ones who got me hooked on wrestling, and they're the ones who keep me hooked on wrestling. But I also enjoy AEW, and I also enjoy different types of wrestling than other people. So a quick word out to you guys. If you follow us, we just recently broke 5,000 followers. So thank you so much uh, for following us and being a part of this journey that – Dustin and I have been on for it's got to been be over a year now, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, thank you guys so much, and and keep it civil. That that's that's the point I wanted to get to is every goddamn day, man. It just seems like I'm in a fight with someone because they took my words the wrong way or they want me to agree with them, and there's just so much vitriol and anger and hostility on the internet, man. Just if someone doesn't like what you like. Then find people who do like it. It's pretty easy, you know? Um, think about how you word things. Think about, uh, especially, it's on Twitter. It's it's on, you know, texting. It's, it's words on a screen. There's no inflection. You can't hear my voice like you can on this podcast. So you know when I'm telling a joke because I snickered or if I'm poking fun at Dustin because I'm calling him stupid. But I'm not actually calling him stupid because we're friends. But you know what I mean? That... It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, no, it's, it's Twitter. It's Twitter, man. So just be civil yeah. out there. And, uh, you know, we appreciate you guys so much for following us. Keep that shit up. Uh, let's talk about wrestling. Questions, anytime. You know? DMs are always open. Um, and, of course, follow me personally at David Rosenberg, at, or at Dave Rosenberg, D-A-V-E-B-R-O-S-E-N-B-E-R-G, on Twitter. Um, and be kind to each other. That's how Ellen finishes yeah. her show. So. And guess we'll, what? If we'll you want to be pissy with somebody, be pissy with me because you don't have to be civil with me. I'll just get in a Twitter fight with you right then and there like everybody I in this will world delete, does. So. I will delete every tweet that's on. Go to Dustin's personal account. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, you, you can fight, with, you can fight with Dustin or me on our personal accounts all you want. But on that MSC yeah. Pro Wrestling Twitter, we is a safe space for all wrestling fans. So we can talk about our favorite shit that we like to drink beer yeah. And get Absolutely. silly and watch. And, you know, what's better than a couple of sweaty guys beating the shit out of each other at the end of the day? In my opinion, nothing. <laughs> For sure. <laughs>